Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, I'm back. I'm back from vacation, dude. I went to Disneyland. Ooh. <laughs> it is exciting, dude. Ooh. I can see that you're tickled pink. Yes. Dude. I, I am. Going to Disneyland with a four-year-old. It's a small world Okay, I did go on that. Yes, dude, I did go on that. And uh, that is a favorite of the four-year-old crowd. <laughs> I saw the new Frozen show, dude. Wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And uh, let me tell you the big mistake that we made. Day one, right Go out of the shoot. Day one, you went to Disneyland. Dude. Okay, go ahead. Are you the Grinch? A little What's bit. What's wrong with you? Your I gotta heart, play. I gotta play a role here. Go your, ahead. Your, your heart is so cold. <laughs> Look like at stone. you. I mean, sitting here drinking your old man tea. <laughs> I mean, it, it's this is just, young man tea. I'll have you know. Oh, really? Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Young man tea. I could make a tea bag joke here, but I'm going to refrain. Although <laughs> go I guess go on I, with the Disneyland story because <laughs> those two tie together really nicely. <laughs> Well, we've already gone there. Anyways, dude. <laughs> Guess we have. Um, I took my four-year-old on Pirates of the Caribbean. That was a big mistake. Oh, didn't she, like it. She hated it. And I think I realized... Too scary? Yeah. Uh, the first... Um, I remember that ride being fun. The first half of that ride is really just a bunch of dead people right. in the dark. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's a little dark, dude. It's yeah. a little dark, but we remedied that with a little Tarzan treehouse after that, dude. Nice. Ever been in the Tarzan treehouse? I have not. Well, that's because you uh, you hate your life, I, I guess. Think I, I don't think I've been to Disneyland since like 1994. You need to go back and get a corn dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Corn dog. Best corn dogs. People who know, go to Disneyland, you know what I'm talking about. Corn dogs right on Main Street. All right. Fire it up, dude. Well, I had a great week. Good. How about you? Just I, looking at the internet, looking for for sharks news that doesn't exist, yep. creating an expansion protection list, uh, right. speculating yeah. uh, whether or not the sharks would dare leave Chris Tierney exposed. Right. Which D-man will they protect? That's right. Will they let Joel Ward flap in the breeze? It's These true. are things to talk about, dude. Inquiring minds want to know, dude. That That's where we are. We're... We've gone from the high of the Stanley Cup final to the low of really nothing going on right now. And the high of, you know, free agent day where the Sharks go out, get David Schlemko, they go out, get Mikel Bodker, and then really after July 1st, all activity stopped, essentially. Right, and there are still some some quality players that maybe didn't have great years last year, but some quality players still on the free agent market that are looking for somewhere to play, you right. know, guys like Radim Verbata and uh, Yuri Hoodler. James uh, Wisniewski. James Wisniewski, who I think is an interesting player. Right. You know, I mean, I don't think the Sharks are are looking for, to add anything. I don't think they have any have any money to add anybody. I mean, they, they have under a million dollars in, in cap space, and, and that doesn't include the expected addition of Timo Meyer's deal, you know, uh, it lists, as right. you're looking at general manager. Although I guess if you're swapping in Meyer for Michael Haley, you still have cap space. Um, so the Sharks on general manager, dude, they have eight defensemen, thirteen forwards, 
one goaltender. So actually, this is a little bit of a problem as I look down here. Right. Um, they'll they'd be like butt up against the cap if they put Aaron Dell in there, and they swap out Meyer for Haley. I think it'd be really close. So that's kind of where they are. So people looking for an addition to the roster without subtraction, it's not really there right now. Is I don't it? think the Sharks are going to carry eight defensemen, though. That's the other thing. I think seven is the most that they would possibly carry with, you know, sort of Dylan, uh, DeMello, Brendan Dylan, and now David Schlemko being in that sort of bottom three spot. With, that's true. With the top four unchanged. That's so very true. We're not going to see an eighth defenseman get signed, uh, or another defenseman gets signed unless no. a defenseman leaves. It looks like the the offensive core is pretty much so. We swap, we take a defenseman out. We add a backup goaltender. How concerned should we be that the Sharks don't have a backup goaltender, dude? Um, concerned. <laughs> I think concerned. Yeah, really. Uh, uh well, Dell has had a above average AHL season. I suppose I'm no Aaron Dell expert. I didn't get my PhD in Dell, but I'll say this, you know, uh, for, for sharks fans to be excited about Aaron Dell playing 20 games in the NHL next year, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. But on the other hand, when you look at who's left out on the market, I certainly wouldn't want to see the sharks tie up, a player like Anders Lindback, who is just dirt. I mean, that guy <laughs> stinks. He's horrible. Right. He looked like he might be a good player when he was backing up in Nashville. Good enough that I believe he was traded to Dallas, and Dallas thought maybe they had a, a real up and coming goalie. And he was just balls, just really bad. <laughs> and and I've seen him play a couple times. I think. In person, and he was horrific. Yeah, yeah. Don't want him. I think the only player on this list that I have any interest in is maybe Jonas Enroth. Yeah. And the knock on him is size. You know, not a very big goalie. So you compare him to a really big goalie in Jones. It's probably not a great pair. I don't know. I mean, is there yeah. any? I know you. You were championing Ben Scrivens, dude. Well, uh, not not at the not well. Last year he got over two million, so that's clear, oh no. that's clearly. I mean, out. none of these guys, these guys who are left here on the list for the listeners, we're looking at a list on General Fanager, who's now Mike's best friend. Basically, we'll get into that in a moment. You've got Kari Ramo, Ben Scrimmins, Jonas Enroth, Brady Hoffman. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, me either. Anders Lindback, Joel Rumble. That he played for us. Yeah. Oh, who is that? He's a. UFA because we didn't give him a qualifying offer. He must have played for the Woo Sharks or was uh, on the so Woo he, Sharks. So he stinks. Yeah, he's out. Cedric Desjardins, yeah. right? See, that guy's kind of been around for a while, floating around doing nothing. Ray Emery. <laughs> Ray Emery. Dan, Dan Ellis. Dan Ellis. Michael Layton. Michael Layton. You know. Dan Ellis, Michael Layton. Neither of those? Well, I, I mean, of the list as we're rolling down here, dude, click on Dan Ellis. He played in the AHL last year, right? Yeah. Uh, so what what did he do last year for the Hershey Bears? Right. He was a 908 save percentage, 2.38. 43 games. Yeah. Not 
Not great. Not great. You know, I mean, in the last time he 12 played... 12-5, but the Hershey Bears were a good team, I think. But the only... The last time he had a regular role on an NHL team, dude, like, it, it, going all the way back to 2010, 2011, really. He played 50 games for the Hurricanes in 2012. He did? Is, is it, am I reading the wrong number here? 50, oh. oh, that's Cole's allowed. Oh, jeez. So he only played 19 games, dude. The last time he actually Brutal. had a meaningful role was in Tampa. When he split the year between Tampa and Anaheim, he played 44 total games. Yeah. Not interested. This guy is on the down, right? And I'm so, we don't need to click on Michael Layton, do we, dude? No, we do not. So... I'm I'm a little interested in Tom, Tom McCollum because I remember him being drafted. He was drafted in the first round, I believe. Um, but I'm looking at his numbers. His Not, numbers last year in the AHL are fairly decent. Yeah, you pretty know? good. I don't I'm, think... I, I might I be don't, interested. Yeah. Thomas McCollum. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you're going to go with Thomas McCollum, I think you're going to go with Aaron Dell. Like, if that's the level... That's true. ...that you're looking at, then the Sharks are probably just going to play their cards with Aaron Dell. The, the goalie market right now, I think, is probably... In the terms of trade, we know that Ben Bishop is out there, but that's not the level of no. goalie the Sharks are looking at. Um, probably one of the, the sorry the the Dallas goalies is probably available. <laughs> Please, want either no, of those. thank you. So no, um, you know, unless the Sharks can get one of these guys on a tryout, I mean, maybe they'll they'll get somebody on a tryout. Mm-hmm. We've seen them do that before. You know, with Brad Winchester, right. you know, uh, Dan High Note, Dan High Note, yeah. right? Yeah. Then maybe you offer a Tom McCollum or a, uh, you know, a, a Jonas Enroth, a tryout or a Ben Scribbins. Right. Somebody who needs to reprove their worth at the NHL level. And if they play well, then, then you give them a deal and you see what happens. Right. So, um, but I don't see the Sharks making a signing right now. I think that they're going to go with what they have, which is Aaron Dell uh, and Troy Grosnick and Mantis Armelis. Oh, he's the he's the um, the model. He's the model, right? Yeah. So got to go with that guy. One of those guys, and then you know, like they did this year. As the season goes along, because basically Staylock was a zero, right. right? So you have somebody, if the season goes along and you really need a backup, you have to pay the price like they did for James Reimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right. I think that's what, probably what's going to happen. They're just going to limp along with the second goalie and hope he doesn't give away too many games, essentially, at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, dude, I think the only major Sharks news other than that was the signing of Matt Nieto. Matt Nieto uh, was issued a qualifying offer, which doesn't mean that he's signed to the Sharks, but it does mean that he can either continue to negotiate with the Sharks or go and get an offer sheet with another team. If another team gives him an offer sheet, basically that means that, that another team says, hey, I want to sign you to a contract. Here are those contract terms. At that point, the Sharks have a choice of either matching it and keeping Nieto for those terms or letting Nieto go and then getting some amount of restitution, essentially, depending on the amount that Nieto signed for. The Sharks went the other way. The Shark, I didn't sound like uh, Matt Nieto did not get an offer sheet. 
not too many offer sheets happen anymore. Last big one I remember was uh, Shea Weber. Um, but uh, Nieto was signed uh, for 735000 a one-year, one-way deal. Um, what's your reaction to that, dude? I know some people said that Nieto will get far more than that. So is this a good deal? Well, I, I think initially what I thought they might do was sign him to a, a two-year deal. But looking at it now, and really it it's the the looming expansion draft right. has something to do with this, I think. And uh, there's a few factors. One is, I don't know how Matt Nieto really fits into this team, really. I think his roster spot is tenuous. Um, at best. And that he's not a lock to to be in the starting 12. And, you know, I, I don't think that he's you know, Barracuda bound, but he could be the extra guy if he gets beat out by a Barclay Goudreau or if, you know, DeBoer, you know, there's the name that got floated by Kevin Kurz was Marcus Sorensen mm-hmm. as a player who, you know, maybe this year is Jonas Donskoy. Right. And you know, the Sharks have come up one, two in terms of finding these guys from overseas yep. in Carlson and Donsky, two very useful players, you know, say what you want about Carlson, but he played well near the end of the season. Yep. And Donskoy was a revelation. So Nieto is on thin ice a little bit, dude, but I think maybe them not signing him to two years leaves the ability to leave him unprotected in the expansion draft with him not being under contract turns. Now, he'd be restricted. Right. Vegas would control his rights. Right. But they don't have him under a deal. So maybe they would shy away from making that kind of selection. Well, I don't think that... I, I don't get the feeling, and maybe this is just my own opinion of Matt Nieto right now. I don't think the Sharks are really that concerned about losing Matt Nieto. I think they... they he settled for an amount less than his qualifying offer, which I had a, a brief uh, sort of conversation uh, with the person who runs General Fanager about it. And I didn't know that that was possible, but apparently you issue a qualifying offer, which just means you retain your rights, and then you can go ahead and negotiate any other terms associated with it. And I was con- I was confused as to why Nieto would accept less money than the qualifying offer. And the answer is because is he got a one-way deal, which means if he does go to the Barracuda, he still gets the big money. So he's still going to get a $735,000 per year paycheck. Usually, if you just get a qualifying offer as a restricted free agent, that means it's a two-way deal, which means you get paid a lot less if you go down to the AHL. So from Matt Nieto's perspective, I'm sure he's trying to hedge the bet that he's not going to make the roster, that he's going to get sent down, and uh, he might have to you know, play for the Baby Sharks, essentially. What was the qualifying offer? I think It's over a million, right? No, the qualifying offer only had to be 105% of his previous year's salary, which I think was in the high sevens. Okay, so, so he I didn't think really... it was like it was like in the eights, I think. So he didn't take much of a shave. No, I mean, he, he didn't. took maybe a, no, he took a he took a, a big shave in terms of like real people. He took probably took a $100,000 shave. Well, sure, of course, but I mean it's just interesting that in his mind or in his representation's mind that his spot on this roster matches up with how we feel about it which is it's not for sure you know Uh, and his spot in the top nine certainly isn't for sure and he's got a lot to prove probably of the guys listed on general managers top 13 well let's exclude michael haley you know matt nieto has the most to lose if 
Timo Meyer has a great camp again. This is true. Because if Timo Meyer has a great camp, there's no the reason for right. the Sharks to not take him. They almost took him this year. Right. They take him, and you take him. You're not taking him to play him eight minutes. You're taking right. him to play the speculative top six forward minutes, and then everybody else kind of gets moved down. The hurdle to center discussion, you know, resumes, and then Nieto maybe finds himself not playing. Right. Especially if Tommy Wingles is still on this roster. That's right. That's right. So he's got a lot to prove, dude. He's the one, if you're circling a forward in camp, that needs to make an impression uh, this offseason in order to to regain his standing as one of the top prospects in the Shark system. Because right now, he's kind of a year away from maybe not even being an NHL player. That's right. And he is only 23. So, I mean, there there is a little runway left for him in terms of proving himself on a roster. A guy like, for instance, Tommy Wingles does not have any runway. If he's out of the NHL, he's basically out at this point. And I'd say his his position on the team is really tenuous. I mean, he's making a lot of money for what he is right now, which is a fourth-line player. I know the Sharks basically wanted him to become a good third-line player with perhaps some ability to score. It doesn't seem like that's what he's become in the last couple of years, and he's he's sort of sunk down to fourth-line minutes and basically almost not playing in the third period. Now, I'm, I'm going to defend Tommy Wingles here for a moment, dude. You know, I think Wingles had one bad year. He had back-to-back 38, 36-point years. And then last year, he had an 18-point year. Last yeah. year was not a good year. Right. I'm not ready to write off Tommy Wingles. I think if Tommy Wingles was a free agent, someone would have signed him already. Yeah. You know, I think he certainly has more value around the NHL than Matt Nieto does right now. Even their difference in age, which is five years, I would think more people would be interested in Tommy Wingles. And you know what? Tommy Wingles may need to look at the mold of a Matt Martin. Mm-hmm. Which just who just got you know pretty good money from yeah. Toronto. Yeah, he did. And realized you know his his hit first, think later. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, not not recklessly like yeah. uh, Rafi Torres, but the physicality that he brings, and we saw a lot of this from you know Nashville's bottom six players. Those right. guys we'd never heard of a lot of those guys. They were just really physical, and through their physicality, they found a way to. Uh, chip in. I mean, we saw this with uh, Rust in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Perfect example. That guy reminds me a lot of Tommy Wingles. He's probably faster than Tommy Wingles. Right. But in how he plays, similar. I think Wingles going to bounce back, dude. Right. I think he's going to bounce. I'm not ready to write him off. Yeah, I think you're right. Dude, I think uh, it sounds like the, the roster is is pretty well locked up, but I am going to go to an email from our friend in the UK, Andy C., who... We have to congratulate Andy C because Leicester City won. Who? I mean, <laughs> Leicester City, dude. Don't know what you're talking about, dude. Dude, Spurs starts next week. They I know have the uh, international champions BS Cup or whatever that is, dude. What is that? I don't know. It's just an excuse for the, some uh, exhibition games in in Australia. Yes, Andy. Congrats, my I, friend. I hope he put some money on Leicester City to win it all because I, I heard good. it was like ninety million to one yeah, or something. Well. He didn't, I'm sure. No. Because he wouldn't be emailing us anymore. <laughs> He'd just be sending us pictures of right. him on his yacht. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Andy notices that there's several former Sharks that are available 
Uh, some recently played with the Sharks, some not so recently. Certainly Zubris and Spalling are still available, which is interesting. But there's also guys like Steve Bernier, Mike Brown, Travis Moen, Christian Ehrhoff is available, Brad Stewart, and of course our favorite Dan Boyle. Um, who do you think would be a good fit to come back to this organization like Brad Stewart did a couple years ago? I don't know, dude. Is it, which which of these players do you think is a is the best? Of course, Andy would love to see Dan Boyle come back for a year. I think that's pretty much impossible. But is there anybody on this list, dude, that that you would like to see uh, make another tour with the Sharks? Well, I think the the person that I'm probably the most interested in is Nick Smalling. Yeah, like, I mean, I, <laughs> me I too. Think, and, me too. And he's the one that was most. Most recently here, um, I think he is the most useful player out of that forward group. He proved himself to be a good fit on this roster and a good fit with Pete DeBoer. Nostalgically, I would love to see Dan Boyle as a part of this organization in any way. Um, A lot how how they've brought back some of these former sharks mm-hmm. to be around. I would love to turn around and see DB 22, you know, walking around the stadium, like how they had Owen Nolan, just kind of trolling around, yeah, yeah. you know, during the playoffs. We saw Scott Hannon and Scott Thornton walk in the concourse. You know, that would be incredible. I'm not sure what kind of terms DB left the organization on. Right. I don't know if he still lives here. If he still has a house. Here. I heard he sold his house. So, you know, Maybe he's going back now that his playing career is likely over. If he's gonna, you know, go back to Tampa where he had another house, I believe, right. um, or whatever. But right. I would say Nick Spalling, dude. I'm not really that interested in any of the others except for maybe Dominic Moore. I mean, I would say maybe Dominic Moore. He played the most out of any of these guys. Really, he had the most regular role. I think out right. of any of these guys last year. Um, but I'm not sure the Sharks really need a center. Like I, yeah. I think they they don't really need a center, dude. I'm with you. I, I, it's just it was so refreshing to have a fourth line player that would play the kill and late in the game. And maybe I'm focusing too much on that, but I just thought that was great. It's just nice not to have three, four, five guys on the roster that basically do nothing in the third period. Basically, do nothing on special teams. It shortens your bench. It makes all your top players play more. I just love the flexibility of two minutes left in the tie game and Nick Spalling's out there. I mean, that's great. I would love to have guys like that. And I hope Tommy Wingles can be that guy or whoever it is that's on the fourth line because this whole like half the team can only only half the team can play in the last 10 minutes. I, I just don't like that as a strategy period. And I, I would love to have a guy who can play that role. And Nick Spalling already did. So that's that's why I would go with, with Spalling. But Certainly, I don't think the Sharks need another defenseman at this point. I mean, Mirko Mueller, obviously, we haven't even mentioned Mirko Mueller. Um, still only 21 or 22, so he's still got plenty of time to grow. But I, I'm sure the Sharks would rather give him a shot than to bring back Christian Erhoff, right? I Bro, mean, yeah, you know. no question. I mean, I don't think there's they're really looking for another veteran in this decor. And they've got six, really. And then they've got DeMello and Mueller, really DeMello knocking on the door. And Mueller is a question mark. I mean, if we're saying Nieto has the most approved in training count from the forward side, I mean, it's it's Mirko Mueller on the defensive side right. who we've sort of been waiting on 
for two years. Now, maybe it's unfair to expect him to jump in two years ago and make an impact, which he did not. Right. And then last year, he didn't again. But by all accounts, he played better in the HL in the second half. The Sharks haven't had a lot of luck developing defensemen on the HL level. Right. You know, which goes back to this, you know, yes, Roy Sommer is, uh, you know, a heralded AHL coach, the most wins in, you know, AHL history, right? Yes. But have we seen a ton of great player development out of his system? I mean, Vlasic and Braun are homegrown. Uh, the, other than that, no. I mean, and those guys are both 29 at this point. So, I, you know... I, I think there's been the the right, dude, a but, generation but, but, being about five years worth of players. But I'm not giving Roy Somner any credit for Vlasic. He played one game in oh, Worcester. Is that right? One. Okay. And it was like he played 82 in San Jose and one that was one of that was a Doug Wilson special. Yeah. Well, during the All Star break, he sends you down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. He didn't play. He went, st- he went straight, straight from to the, the queue. Yeah, that's right. He he played as an 18 NHL. year old. I forgot about that. And and Justin Braun, I think I bet you he played. Under 100 games, let's look. He played three, 37, 43 games. So again, I'm not giving him any credit for that either. Right. You're looking at the guys who played 100, 150 plus games for the minor leagues on the Sharks. Taylor Doherty, Nick Patrecki, Matt Tennyson. Those guys went nowhere. Right. And they are, you know, they haven't gone anywhere else and played. Right. Uh, this is a good question for the listeners. I mean, who are we overlooking? Who are the guys that have played on the AHL level for the Sharks, prospects that got that kind of seasoning that Detroit loves to give mm-hmm. and Chicago loves to give to like that, you know, 100, 150 games, right? Maybe not so much Chicago, but but Detroit, right? They yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, and we've seen it work for Tampa Bay, too, where some of those guys play quite a bit down there. And then they come up and they make an impact. And I think Pittsburgh has seen the fruits of that too with some of these players. Right. Now I'm looking at the roster right now. Uh, I don't see anybody, dude, that that has that. How much did Couture spend? That's just going to click on him. I mean, Logan Couture played 46 games, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not, you know, you're not seeing the fruit of that development. Right. Which then makes me question the entire relationship between our minor league affiliate. Right. Like how, how do they not see that? Sure. He can win games, but like, is he, is he developing players? I think is the point. Right. That's kind of the whole idea. It's a good question. Rant over. (laughs) Rant over. All right, dude. Uh, Any other NHL news that we want to cover here? I can't think of not too much is happening right now. Pretty much all the, Everybody's on vacation, you know. Everybody's just kind of out there doing. Yeah, I mean, no tweeting pics of them drinking from the cup in (laughs) tropical locales, etc. No trades that I can think of. I mean, it really the it looks like the the goalie trade between the Ducks and the Leafs, which was in two separate transactions, was finally completed when Jonathan Bernier was sent the other way. In a separate deal, but we both know that that was a deal that was agreed upon before so that the Leafs would have to pay Bernier his bonus. Right. So now the Ducks have a backup, Jonathan Bernier. Right. It's not garbage. It's kind of expensive backup. Yeah. But um, gives them a player that certainly has upside, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Dude, have you seen the recent news about the backlash against analytics recently? The whole, uh, the Canadians hired this, this guy, I think Pfeffer was his last name. And, uh, he was a, a big analytics guy. And I guess he made a presentation, an impassioned one that the shark, that the, uh, Canadians should not trade PK Subban. Uh, and they should certainly shouldn't trade him for, uh, Shea Weber. And then they did anyway. And then they fired the analytics guy. <laughs> yeah. And then he came out recently in the last week and said, he, he had a quote, like the, the pull quote from what he said was like, Shea Weber is an average player. He's a great player, but he's an average player. And PK Subban is way above average and it's not worth it or something like that. And then he sort of had to walk it back after the fact, but Looking at some of the stats and things he poked at, he said, listen, you know, it's like the difference between, you know, goal production when Shea Weber was on the ice versus when he wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. But the but the differential when Subban was on the ice and when he wasn't was a big deal. It was a lot. There was a big difference there. And and he said, you know, that that was one of the things he sort of pointed at to say that. And and also this week, Tyler Dello, who used to run a, a hockey blog, was hired by the Oilers a few years back and he was fired by Peter Chiarelli. Uh So... Looks like there's a little backlash against hockey analytics these days, dude. I don't know. Well, go with your gut instead of going with the numbers, <laughs> you gotta dude. Go, go with, with your, your gut. gut. Go with your gut. That's really go paid off for your... both those organizations yeah, so far. They've really done Looking well. really good. Looking really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's not a ton going on, dude. You know, if any of our uh, listeners have not discovered the Fear to Fin blog on SB Nation, um, really enjoying some of the content they've been putting out lately. I really like this uh, 25 under 25 series that Jake Sundstrom's got going on over there. They're going in depth, talking about some of these younger players that the Sharks are developing that we don't really know about. You know, like a player like a Patrick McNally, mm-hmm. who we know, know the, a, we know the we name. know the name, but we don't know a lot about him. You know, he was acquired, I believe, via trade uh, last year from Vancouver. I think I'm just talking off the top of my head i could be completely wrong wasn't there a patrick white that we got from vancouver yeah we did yeah that didn't work out either yeah yeah um so anyways uh if you're looking for some sharks reading sharks reading you know they've been putting out some pretty good daily content so i'd encourage you to go check that out because certainly our blogging days is over (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) was the last time we wrote anything i wrote something when maybe this past season really one thing good for you dude you're not writing it no no this is this is where we found our niche we make our meal dude (laughs) what meal (laughs) the the bread and lifetime revenue zero dollars that's right dude Dude, at least people are getting on the podcast thing, man. Pe- there's so many podcasts now. I know there, it's like there's too many podcasts. We're gonna we're gonna get buried under this avalanche of podcasts. No, our listeners are loyal, dude. We're at the peak. Both of them. We're we're at the peak, dude. We're, we're at the peak. All right, dude. Well, good to see you. Good to see you too, dude. I'm. Uh, we apologize a little bit for taking so long to put out this podcast, but no, really there's in, nothing. To, there's nothing to talk about. In retrospect, there's really not a whole lot no. going on. So we'll be back when we feel like it. How about if, that? If you want us to really come back, you better give us some good things to talk about. That's right. You got to send some questions to right. questions at dudesonhockey.com. Tweet at us, right? And uh, or whatever. Snapchat. No, we don't do that. Do you Snapchat? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't Snapchat. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, 
You trying to be hip? I'm trying to keep on top of what the kids are doing. You know, I want to, you know, turn the blog into a piece of toast or whatever you do on Snapchat. On Snapchat. So there it is. You just called it slap chat. Yeah. See, because I'm old. That's how hip you That's are. That's how hip I slap chat. The slappy Ooh, chat. I've been slapping. Yeah. Let's go on the slappy chat. Oh, slap chat. All right, dude. So, uh, well, we'll be back whenever we're back. Sure. And uh, we'll uh, talk to all you listeners later on. Bye. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league